Welcome back to Season 4, Episode 4 of the Brick House Podcast. I am Joseph Brennan, here with... Andrew Passaro, it's good to be back. The weather is changing, life is good. I feel like I said that on the last episode, but everything is good. Bunch of exciting things on the horizon for the podcast. We've got something we've, we had never done before we did this on the podcast. Uh, let me say podcast one more time. Podcast. Brandon from the band Home Is Where, a band, uh, an emo band from Palm Coast, Florida. They released an, a record called I Became Birds, which Joe and I have fallen in love with. Joe found it, sent it to me, and I said it in the interview, which you're about to hear. It's the best emo I've heard since like 2012, 20, 2013. I'm very excited about the future of this group. Go follow them on Instagram. It's I wonder what Bob Dylan smells like. I also wonder what Bob Dylan smells like. Joe, what do you think he smells like? I imagine he smells like a like an old Winston cigarette, like a cigarette that's from like the 1960s. No filter. No filter, just like my life. That being said, before we get into the interview, Joe and I are going to whip through our Mount Rushmore of emo bands as maybe one day we'll have another band to add to this list. Joe, I will let you go first. All right, so a lot of it is like melodic hardcore, but I'll lump it in with emo. Got to have Title Fight on there. They're... Probably my favorite band of all time. Yeah, that's it. Title Fight. I'm going to pick a different band because Title Fight's also on my list because we can't do anything with... We can't go through a podcast without mentioning Action Bronson, Title Fight, the movie Goodfellas, or somebody from Griselda Records. So congratulations to us for keeping that streak going. I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with a band out of Canada. They used to be called Topanga, but then they ran into a violations of like naming and everything. Um, but they're called Pup, and Pup stands for pathetic use of potential which i absolutely love i um great band a lot of fun live would recommend that name alone is just super emo it's so emo. number two i gotta have joyce manor from california on there uh they just celebrated their 10th anniversary of their debut self-titled album you've probably listened to it but if you haven't listened to it songwriting is fantastic it's got everything you want in an album i'm gonna go with i think the first band that made me get into emo um, from Joe's Neck of the Woods on Long Island. I got to go with State Lines. I, I mean, I know he's doing everything with Oso Oso now, but uh, I still find myself at least once every two to three months putting on Hoffman Manor and putting on the the self-titled EP and... Um, for the boats, and f- boy. And for the boats, man. Uh, it's, I fucking love that album. So that State Lines is up there for me. Number three is also State Lines for me. I... It's in my blood. It is. There, it's the Long Island emo. It's I was subject to it my whole life. First time I ever crowd surfed was at a State Line show. I remember that at the No Fun at Club. At the No Fun Club. Rest in peace. During Driver. Great fucking track. They used to sell uh, $1 grilled cheeses on a George Foreman grill. They were pretty good grilled cheeses. My next one, I'll go with Title Fight, Pride of Kingston, Pennsylvania. This podcast wouldn't exist if it wasn't for Title Fight. I just want that on the record. Our friendship wouldn't exist yeah, if it weren't for Title Fight. I wouldn't say that is a hundred percent true. No, I'm I'm being facetious. But big moments of our friendship happened because of Title Fight. Like the first time you came down to DC, we went to see Title Fight. So yeah, Title Fight. What's your last one? My number four is Tuche Amore. I also think they're from California. Uh, they're more in the hardcore realm, but I still say they're an emo band. I'm not really a hardcore guy, but Tuche Amore has probably a few of my like favorite hardcore tracks i will say that 
Um, and my last band that I would totally put on here, I can't because the lead singer is a fucking asshole and got himself canceled. So I'm going to do this weird amalgamation of basement because of the first five tracks of color me and kindness, which is just like, it's just one song. It's really just like, I can't, it's one of those. I have to listen to the first five songs if I'm going to put this album on and not skip anything. And then also balance and composure has to be up there for me. I missed seeing them before they broke up. And that was like one of those things that I regretted. So I, I kind of a split, oh yeah you saw them okay that's cool weird flex but okay bud um but yeah it's kind of a split ticket for me enough of us here we are interviewing brandon from home is where all right welcome back to the brick house podcast uh we are sitting with brandon from the florida the palm spring or palm springs florida? palm coast palm coast no not palm springs emo rock band home is where just stumbled upon these guys a few weeks ago and immediately was blown away. I keep coming back to this album, this EP, grabbed me the same way that Joyce Manor, the Menzingers would grab me. Really great job. And thank you so much for spending the time to, to talk with us today. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm glad you like the record. We always start the podcast off with Top of the queue. Andrew and I go back and forth to see some new shit that we like. So what's on Brandon's iPod? Oh, I've been, I've been getting, I've been in a pretty... Uh, big hardcore kick recently um i think the last record i listened to that i hadn't heard before was uh trained to serve by iconochrist and uh i also been checking out like some math core and uh getting a little bit black uh back into black metal um so because that, that's i started out in a black metal band so i kind of have roots in in, <laughs> in black metal so i checked out stuff like fever's nest and um like like mysterious guy hardcore where it's like kind of black metal but it's not it's 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 fun and uh kind of been getting back into nirvana like every like three years like i go through this like weird phase of like obsessively watching like kurt cobain interviews because they just give me comfort for like whatever reason and so because of that i've been uh re-listening to nirvana and kind of realizing like how much like nirvana kind of shaped our songwriting process because everybody in the band had like a pretty big nirvana face in high school uh as i think a good amount of people do you know at some point and um other than that yeah i've also been getting into deathcore because the new hazing over record like made me realize that deathcore is like really good and not just something annoying my friends my scene friends listen to back in the day yeah that's about it just a lot of hardcore a lot of things that end with core <laughs> and um uh, yeah, kind of taking a little break from emo because I'm getting a little, just like slightly, slightly burnt out from it, but it it never lasts too, too long. Uh, what have you guys been listening to? Today, I listened to a lot of Title Fight, Animal Collective. I've been listening to this Moroccan, like electronic, I don't even know what you call it. It's, it's a Moroccan band called Electric Jabala. Oh, really interesting cool. kind of like Afro rhythms. I was actually listening to your album while doing laundry slash research for this interview. So, uh, but I went down a hole where I was actually listening to, I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with Pup, uh, the Canadian uh, band. We actually discovered them when we were doing the radio show back in the day, their first album came out our senior year and I had their second album on vinyl. It's like a beautiful red vinyl with uh, it's the, if this tour doesn't kill you, I will uh, it's that record. So I listened to that. And I, we also, I think the band that probably ended up getting me kind of into emo would be uh, a small band from Long Island called State Lines. The lead singer is now the lead singer in Oso Oso. And oh, so cool. I was listening to the State Lines, the early stuff this afternoon um, as well, because like I said, your your music put me into, you know, I was like kind of, you know, where do, where can I go from here? And uh, it somehow I landed right up on Pup. But 
It's funny you mentioned Nirvana because we're both Nirvana guys. I currently have a Kurt Cobain poster on my wall. I'm supposed to be taking it off and getting art for there and making my room not look like a frat house. We're working on it. <laughs> but I'm, I'll say this, like your band has like the best emo I've heard in like since like 2010, 2011, 12. So what would you say, like if you had to do a Mount Rushmore, our top five of like emo bands that kind of that influenced you to kind of write the way you do and, and made you fall in love with the genre, who would you say is in that, that like that top four or five list? Um, for, for the route, much more of it, probably put Tim Kinsella because we all really like Captain Jazz and Joan of Arc and Owls and just anything he does. Like I love like Tim Kinsella a whole bunch. So he'd be up there. The Brave Little Abacus uh, is, a, is a pretty big influence. Um, um, so Adam DiGermini, I don't know how to say his name. It's, it's a little, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, who else? Um, I'm trying to think of, we also really like Boys Life. Um, Boys Life is sick. They're a 90s band and uh, Don Martin 3. They're like a emo screamo band from St. Augustine, Florida from the 90s that are that are really good. I think every one of their songs is like a concept about a car crash. Like every song has like some sort of like car imagery in it. Like they have like songs called Transistor and like um, and just other stuff like songs about sitting in traffic <laughs> and uh, like um and songs literally about car crashes. So um, yeah, Don Martin, Three Rules. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a big one for us too. So there's like four people on that much Rushmore, right? Yep, four. So that's four. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's there cool. we go. I'm confident in that. I would say that driving is like a, a very common topic in emo music. Yeah, because I guess there's nothing to do in the Midwest. Like I've seen like TikToks where it's like, well, I'm in buttfuck Idaho. Oh, excuse me, I can't swear. Right? Oh, you can swear. You can oh, swear. Okay, cool. You can absolutely swear. Cool. I'm in a I'm in butt heck Iowa and I have nothing to do. Um, might as well go driving around and listen to some tunes. Keeping on the common themes of uh, emo, um, many times on the emo record you'll catch maybe a long winded uh, title of a, an album or a song, and mm -hmm. especially on this album, pretty much all of them minus yeah. one, one or two have you know you have a, a track about ron hubbard or the songs about ron hubbard. <laughs> yeah a track about a sea cucumber which i was so confused about until i saw on instagram today is from ed ed and eddie yeah um, yeah where do you where do you get these these amazing song titles from well the the record um for like this record i've been writing since i was i'm 25 right now and i technically started writing this record when i was 17 um like the last song i started writing right around this time of year in 2012 and then it's like developed changed like a ton um nothing's really the same from when it started like concept or like lyric um but like the sentiment has always stayed with me like i want to make a record that um expresses a certain idea or like a certain concept because uh, it is kind of a concept record sounds weird to say it's not really like super obvious um i've been trying to like guide people into figuring it out on like twitter um more so than instagram lately because i have a little bit more of a following on twitter and instagram is kind of like hard to make threads and stuff you know like people just skip through the story real quick so i mean i do it i get it you know people have long stories sometimes i got stuff to do um <laughs> Um, but yeah, the uh, record originally like started out as a concept album about Rolf from Ed, Ed and Eddie. Like we wanted to like sample a ton from Ed, Ed and Eddie and like tell the story of this dude who's like in this unfamiliar land who wants to go back home and then finds out that home's been here the entire time. And then I had a pretty intense 
gender identity crisis around the time I was watching Scientology escape interviews, like people who like went clear or whatever. And so like I juxtaposed the idea of leaving the cult for discovering your gender. <laughs> so that's where the title Elron Hubbard was way cool comes from, is, uh, tells kind of a reference to the Scientology inspiration. And then the Rolf quotes like sea cucumber in the old country are like a nod to what could have been, but like originally like how we got to where we're at. And uh, even though like none of the songs are really like about Rolf, it's just like a homage, I guess, because we did talk about it for a while about making a role, like looks up samples and stuff, like had like a storyline. And then I, I just went, nope, I got to do something else. I got this thing inside me. I need to get out right now. We can do Rolf another day. All right. So your Instagram is uh, I wonder what Bob Dylan smells like. You guys, ha- you play harmonica and it's fantastic. I-, I cannot remember the last record, the new record that I heard with a harmonic in it. So how long have you been playing harmonica? When did you decide to incorporate it into the brand, the band? And I'm in, I've been really, Bob Dylan's my favorite artist, like band artist, whatever, ever. So I got in, I got into Bob Dylan when I was 13. So like a few years after I got into Bob Dylan, I got my first harmonica and I learned how to play by ear. I still don't know music theory. Like I don't know what read is like A or a flat, whatever. I know what key the harmonica is in and then I can just figure my way out from there. And then I knew it wanted to be in the band. Uh, I wanted to incorporate it since like day one because when I first went into the band, it was the only instrument I could play. Now I can play the saw and like I understand like sampling a little bit better and stuff. I still can't play like a like a real instrument. Like I don't know how to play guitar or piano or anything like that. And um, so, yeah, I just I, I just really like folk music too, like old time folk music from like the 1910s and 20s and pre-war folk is what they call it. And um, yeah, so, yeah, it's just. I just really like harmonica. Um, you know, Bob Dylan kind of like trademarked harmonica <laughs> to, to like a certain degree, but I don't know. I think it's really cool. I think it's a really useful instrument. Um, I think it's a beautiful one too, if you can play, <laughs> play it right. So yeah, yeah, I've, I, I've heard I a agree. good amount of email with it, but not too much. I think we're the, we're the harmonica band to a lot of people right now. <laughs> that's, what, that's what you need. You need that, you need that hook. You know what I mean? Oh, it, it works. I have a ton, ton of fun playing it uh, live until I scream, you know, and then like it's a matter of like fighting breath at a certain point, like lung capacity, stretching it to the max. <laughs> but, you know, not playing it live has made it a little bit easier to like practice and stuff. For someone that doesn't know how to play a, a real instrument, as you said, the record sounds great. Um, how and where did you record the new EP? Uh, we recorded it at our buddy Matt Goings uh, childhood home on it, he calls it Killian Studios and uh, we Matt's in a band called All Gone Gray and um, he produced a couple Florida bands that are like pretty big like he produced both I Met a Yeti Records and uh, Odessos um, I think he was in Odessos or just recorded it um, it escapes me right now but they're pretty cool Matt's just a great guy uh, we played a few shows with him and then he came up to us and was like hey if you ever want like studio grade production instead of our blast our ep was very lo-fi very diy kind of sound he's like i can make this sound like really really good and then we just kept him in mind and became friends with him over the years and then we went over to his place like in april to record because we had the the time uh scheduled and we uh did our best to social distance and stay safe because this was like right at like the height of like covid where everything was like so unsure and like super scary um not that it's not scary anymore but 
it was really fucking weird when it was first happening. So, um, we got it done in five days. Uh, Joe got his drum tracks done in one day, which is amazing. It took me, I think I took the longest cause I'm very critical cause I know I don't have like a proper singing voice. So I wanted to make sure I got the right takes and yeah, it took five days, less than a week. Uh, blows my mind that it took, <laughs> it took us like almost a year to do the EP and sound wise, like you would think it'd be the opposite. I got to ask about the album art. Great job. Yeah. Well, thank you. We, Great we job. tried our best. Well, he, you did a fantastic job. I got to ask about the album art because it's really cool. It's this picture of, of someone jumping out of a bed. Where did that like, is that is that somebody in the band like growing up? Like, is that like because it looks like it's something from like straight out of like the 90s or something. But where did you guys did you guys use take that picture yourself? Or like, where's where's the no, album art come from? No, we stole it. It's a copyright. <laughs> it's a, it's a <laughs> we we didn't have an album cover, uh, unfortunately, until like the couple, like the last minute, pretty much, because uh, nothing really like made sense. And then uh, that image is from the Enfield Poltergeist, which is like a, a, a real poltergeist that like they based one of the Conjuring movies off of. Um, I've never seen them. I don't you know, I like horror movies, but I like I like like campy ones from back in the day not too much into modern horror but yeah i just i liked the image when i saw it like it resonated with me on like uh on like every level i was like this the colors in it sound like the album the actions of the people like sound like what's going on in the record it's like uh like a like a girl jumping like she's supposed to be levitating i think or like got lifted up from the from the bed or um and um yeah so it's just like um I guess I was haunted myself, so I wanted a, a haunted cover. Uh, <laughs> that's like the best way I can explain it. I wish we took it; that would have been amazing. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's a really cool shot. I'm a big uh, gear guy, music guy, um, so I'm intrigued. What kind of guitars, pedals, amps you guys are using these days? Uh, we don't use any pedals. Um, we like we go through like the Fugazi idea, where it's like just deal with the amp, and whatever happens, happens. Um, yeah, every little effect is like a production thing that Matt did. Uh, we didn't have any pedals or nothing. Um, I am not the per- <laughs> I am not the person to talk to gear to. I just sing. Um, I, I have no idea what kind of guitar Trace was playing or uh, what kind of bass Connor has or what drum set Joe was playing on because Joe wasn't playing on uh, his drum set. He was playing on Matt's studio drum set, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Um, uh, so. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's all good. All good. All good. <laughs> I wish I had something cool. Like, yeah, we were playing with sun amplifiers. We had like the seventies Gibson just plugged in and we were wearing cloaks, you know, but next album, next know. album, next album, next album is drone emo. I love that. I love that. Uh, the albums, I became birds. I check it out, but we're not done, but I, I just want to shout that out to anybody who's asking with thinking, wait, they haven't said the name of the album. Um, I want to ask, I want to ask you about touring. Um, are you guys planning on touring before the end of the year? And so well, that's the first part of the question. And then the second question I would say is what venue is like the dream venue and, or is there like a specific tour that you guys would love to be a part of? Like, what is like, what's the ultimate, like, you know, Joe and I were talking about if we ever got to take this podcast on the road, I want to do a live recording at Madison square garden. Cause we're based out of here in New York, but for you, like, what is the, what is, you know, the mecca of tour locations if you had one uh well we're not we're not planning a tour for this year um it's so uncertain 
still with the, I still haven't gotten my vaccine and I work in education. Um, I'm waiting. I'm still waiting. Yeah. It's a pain in the ass. Um, so, and I'm also funny enough, you bring up New York. I'm moving to New York in August. Um, I'm moving to what looks like Brooklyn at the moment. So that'll be cool. Um, Joe is also um, getting married or planning on getting married um, sometime this year or uh, planning the wedding at least this year. And then the wedding's happening next year. And um, Connor, our bassist is getting his stuff together. And um, so is uh, Trace. Um, so we're pretty much unable to get together for the rest of the year, um, like as a full band, um, which sucks, but you know, it is what it is, I guess. And as far as like dream venues, I don't know too much about like specific venues like really like um i think it would be cool to just like just play house shows honestly like people's basements like i want like because i want because <laughs> i like came up in like the emo revival so i'd watch like all of these like live videos of like algernon or like um like family might or something like playing to these fucking packed basements where it's like how does this person's house not like erupting from like the floors you know so that's like a dream is like to play stuff like that and like i would want to play with like so many bands uh so many cool bands like um first one that comes to mind is like short fictions um uh like harmony woods um proper um weather day i would even try to slip in i would really like to try to play with some hardcore bands i think live we could definitely like on the album like the songs are like somewhat acoustic and stuff but live we always go pretty pretty hard um so i think we would fit in uh okay with the with the hardcore crowd um so yeah i would yeah that that's pretty much it yeah there's um i want a tour i'm very excited for when it's a like a possibility because so many of my favorite bands have reached out and have like let's play a show i know people who can hook us up you can have a place to crash and i'm like oh my god if you knew like how excited i was right now you wouldn't be talking to me like you would think i'm a dork <laughs> i have to interject um in college andrew used to throw insane um like house shows you know he would you get, could like, feel the floorboards bands, moving bands, yeah that's There's a picture watched. of him like hanging from the ceiling. It's it's amazing. yeah. My my profile picture for the longest time was me literally hanging from my ceiling in my college house while Joe's band was playing, and I um, it wasn't until this past Christmas that I, I it had been long enough since then. It had only been seven years since we had pulled that off that I finally told my mother that yeah I did this in college. So when you talk when you talk about wanting to play those shows that's a very special place in both of both Joe's mind heart. So like, I hope you get to do that because I had so much fucking fun throwing those being at those, some of the best nights of my life were spent in like a sweaty pit in someone's house. So to get to do that, I, I hope it happens. I, I'm, and I'll say this, we're both in New York. I'm in Brooklyn. Joe's in Queens. He's in Brooklyn all the time. So nice. uh, once you get up here, hopefully we can, you know, do something in person once everything gets, gets safe. That would be sick. Yeah. Back to tour. Can you think of a funny, like a one of the funniest or like weirdest experiences you've had at a show you were playing or while you were on tour? Yeah, we went on we went on one tour in 2018 with no released material, like no merchandise. We made uh, like a tour CD, and it was mostly just us like making fart noises. <laughs> like we didn't give a shit. We were like, this was like us as like punk as possibly we could be. Like we were like fuck everything like we're gonna take our time we're gonna go on this tour and if nobody likes it they can they can fuck off and it 
and it was fun. We ended up uh, winning a battle of the bands we didn't know we entered. Um, we thought it was just like a regular bar show, and then we saw people getting eliminated. And so, like our buddy, who was like, like I guess like the default tour manager. I'm doing a lot of air quotes this one. I'm sorry, <laughs> but um, uh, he he went up to the gig and he was like, "Yo, is this a competition?" He's like, "Yeah, the winner gets." Um, they were doing professional audio and visuals for it, so the uh, winner gets that for free, and they also get like 100 bucks, 150 bucks, and so. We were the only punk band there and it was like bluegrass bands, dad rock bands, like like desperate fucking pop rock bands and like cover bands and stuff. And we were the only people that were like, <laughs> hey, you know, like we did like we didn't give a shit and they liked it. They liked the fact that we I guess we had the songs to back it up. I at least hope so. Uh, but I guess we had like some like stage charisma, too, that the other people didn't have because we were uh <laughs> like saying jokes and stuff and then another one i thought of from the same tour the only tour as of right now was that we played a gig in like georgia or, or south carolina or something and i was outside having a smoke talking to my girlfriend on the phone and this we have a song called alabama off our first ep and this chick from alabama comes up to me and she's like what do you know about alabama and i'm like i don't know the song's not really about alabama it's an allegory i'm really deep and i'm super special <laughs> and uh and then she laid into me about well uh, she's like do you guys like leonard skinner and i was like no nah, it's not for me like very politely i was just like no not for me and then she like grilled me she was like how the fuck do you have a song called alabama and not like leonard skinner you fucking pussy you fucking lose like she just laid into me and then she started yelling at me for the fact that they were taking down confederate statues and so i just i went off on this lady and then she like came back and like called me a sad little person and so I just sat down next to her and I was like look lady what's your problem like what do you want like I'm not like I'm a total stranger and I'm not <laughs> I don't give a shit about what you think and we just started talking and then by the end of it we were buddies and she offered to buy me a drink but I don't I don't drink so I just like left <laughs> we just went back to the hotel but yeah this lady just laid into me because I don't like Leonard Skinner uh for like an hour while my buddies uh, were playing. Like, it was uh, very interesting. All right, so my question is not your guys' tour-based, but it's historically. If you could go see any show, like, ever, you get a time, one-time time, well, two-time time machine visit, there and back, what show are you choosing to go to and why? I would want to see the Bob Dylan show where the dude called him Judas so I could find the dude after the show and beat the shit out of him. I like that answer. I like that answer quite a lot. My second option is seeing Neutral Milk Hotel live in the 90s. That's another great answer. Yeah. It's another great answer. That one more for enjoyment than than vengeance. <laughs> Did you see either of the Bob Dylan Netflix uh, documentaries? Yeah. Yeah, the 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 first one uh 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 no no direction home. I've been obsessively watching since I was like 14. Um yeah, I love that. I know I like memorized that movie. Like, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, I've seen I've seen it a lot. And then I like the new one, although a lot of it is like fiction. Like a lot of it's not real, which is funny. Like, um, so I had to like read because I'm not too familiar with like comparatively to to '70s Dylan as I am with like '60s Dylan. Although I love love the '70s stuff, so I had to like re-research some stuff. I was like, this doesn't sound right. Like this didn't happen because I saw the original documentary. A lot of that footage comes from called. Um, I guess it's not a documentary. It's like a like a 
weird art film Bob made called Ronaldo and Clara. And I was like, wait, I don't remember there being like another director there. I thought Bob directed this movie. And then like, I guess like, like Martin Scorsese and Dylan were like talking about like, they were sick of like, just shitting out facts for people to just eat. So they just made up a bunch of stuff because they thought it would be funny. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, uh, yeah, I love those documentaries. Bob Dylan documentaries are usually, um, if he's involved, they're really interesting and really good. All right, well, the album is well, called- I'm out of I questions. Yeah, I'm also out of questions. The album is called <laughs> I Became Birds. The band is called Home Is Where. You can follow them on Instagram. I wonder what Bob Dylan smells like. Thank you so much for giving us, I think we said 10 to 15 minutes. We've definitely been on the phone for 25. So thank you so much for, for being very generous with your time. Best of luck with everything. And uh, hopefully our, cro- our paths cross in person and we get to see you guys perform live. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. This was awesome. Thank you yeah, guys thank for you. Me. Thank you so much. Keep up the good work and hope to see you soon up in New York. Absolutely. Anytime. Hit me up. <laughs>